0: Curtis Lewa Curtis Lewa Rip and Read Check this out This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa Talking about- Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa This is the Rip and Read. Here on December 31st, one day, before the dropping of the ball, welcoming in the new year, 2023, at Times Square. Lou, it would have been the 71st, 75th birthday of Donna Summits disco queen. From 1976 to 1984, she rocked the charts. How many times, Lou, would you go to WKTU? On the FM dial, and the Supreme cuisines and Cushionettes, the Boricuas, they'd all be listening. And it would be Donna Summers, first hit, second, third, fourth. And this hit, spring affair. No better time to pay tribute to the disco queen herself now that she's in disco heaven, Donna Summers. But look at the weather outside. It's spring weather. It is spring weather, ladies and gentlemen. Up in the 60s, it's January, and I know for so many of you, you insist. No way. There's no global warming climate change. No way, right? You keep insisting that. Well, it's not just here. Here in the tri-state area, no. In fact, temperatures have reached a record high across Europe as the new year came in. At least eight European countries recorded their warmest January days at the start of the month ever since the beginning of recording temperatures. Liechtenstein, the Czech Republic, Poland, the Netherlands, Belarus, Lithuania, Denmark, and Latvia. And it is the most extreme heat wave in European history, way above normal temperatures. So... How do you account for this, ladies and gentlemen? I know there are so many of you who are deniers of climate change and global warming. Yeah, go ahead. Keep denying it, right? I mean, walk outside right now. It's beginning in January. It's 60 degrees outside. People walking around in T-shirts. Throughout Europe, walking around in T-shirts. You think there's something wrong up there when just a week ago we had such a dramatic decline in the temperature in one day alone on that Friday when some of you Took off a vacation where we dropped 50 degrees within an hour, two hours. And then it was subarctic freezing. And now we're being told that there's another cyclone weather palm ready to hit the West Coast, Cali, Cali momentarily. So that's how we start off. And by the way, Lou, you know how we need to start off here at WABC. Uh, Exactly as uh, the introduction uh, of this show tells you. From 12.15 to 1, you notice each time that we enter in discussion with all of you in our Rip and Read, we pay tribute to the loss that we suffered in 2022 of our great colleague, Bernard McGurk. In fact, he was the greatest of all time because he combined, he multitasked as a producer and as a talk show host. And it indeed was a loss for us and for all of you, the listeners. And what I'd like uh, to be done... uh, And enforced here, if at all possible, is that every time anybody enters into this studio, the Bernard McGurk studio, and by the way, it's the only studio that anybody broadcasts from. It is our primary studio at WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation, that they touch the plaque. Like in Notre Dame, when they come out on the gridiron, they touch a plaque. At other college universities, they touch a plaque uh, before they go out on the gridiron. Uh, And then they engage in battle here. I think each and every one of us, Lou, including our staff at the start of the day, should come in and touch the plaque of Bernard McGurk in honor of Bernard, who is one of the greatest uh, broadcasters and producers of all time. There's no doubt about it. And boy, you saw how many friends Bernard McGurk had not only in life, but in death both at his wake, his burial, and most importantly, the special commemoration that was hosted by Cardinal Dolan himself at St. Patrick's Cathedral, it was packed. Because Bernard McGurk was friends to all. Grew up in the Monroe Housing Projects, uh, went to Cardinal Hayes, he was a Hayesman, and then eventually was driving livery cab up in Yonkers from Slobine Projects to Mumford Gardens to Getty Square to Odine Hill, and oh man... Uh, He had to work nocturnally, and he had to deal with pimps and pushers and prostitutes and dope fiends and guys who were sticking him up at gunpoint. and then, against all odds, was able to rise to the occasion and end up with his own show here with Sid Rosenberg, who now uh, hosts the morning show, number one in the tri-state area. They all have friends. In fact, uh, Lou, the new name of the Sid Rosenberg show is Sid Rosenberg and Friends. But you know who has no friends, who feels so lonely? I mean, a little music, uh, please, maestro, to accompany Lonely George Santos. Mr. Lonely, Did you see him I have nobody sitting there in the House of Representatives? I mean, it's classic, right, Paul Anka? Uh, he, he might as well have written it for George Santos. Like he was toxic. Nobody wanted to come anywhere near him, not even his fellow Republicans from uh, Long Island, uh, not any of his Republicans from Pennsylvania, from New Jersey. No, nobody wanted to come near George Santos. And although he has not yet been sworn in because there's so much mishigash amongst the Republicans battling to determine who the Speaker of the House will be, McCarthy has not won uh, a consensus that he needs to be sworn into office as we uh, await a fourth speaker vote that's taken momentarily. And as you look at all the congressmen and congresswomen, whether Democrats or Republicans, isolated in a little enclave, almost like bubble boy, Lou, George Santos. And as he was walking through the halls to find his office yesterday, followed by a gaggle of paparazzi and reporters, which will be uh, occurring every moment he continues to sit and represent the 3rd Congressional District that he bamboozled the voters in, in terms of his background and resume, he was lost in the corridors, lost in the hallways, he was like... No mas! No mas! No mas! Please! Where's my office? Please! Please! At the moment, one of the security officers pointed out his office. He went inside with two of his aides, slammed the door, and hoped that this would all go away. Well, guess what, George Santos? It is not going away. Just yesterday, there was another demonstration. Obviously, mostly Democrats, but some Republicans and Independents. Who have determined that wherever you go, George Santos, as long as you are sitting there in the House representing the citizens of the 3rd Congressional District, they will find you, they will haunt you, they will make your life miserable We'll show up to every event that he has. Uh, he will have no safe harbor and no quiet in this district. There's no doubt about that. He will not be able to go to a public meeting, a public forum. He will not be able to carry out the duties of his congressional district, which is mostly the North Shore, a lot of Great neck, and then a whole slice of Whitestone. It's very difficult to find anybody who's got George Santos' back. And each and every day, more and more information comes out about George Santos, who has left a stain on the Republican Party, and this battling back and forth that suggests, yo, you've got liars. Well, obviously the Democrats do. <laughs> That's Joe Biden. It's a lie a week, and then of course Donald Trump. Just the other week, when he was introducing his playing cards, talking about how he was uh, the greatest president, greater. The George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, uh, he's a liar, too. And we can go through a whole laundry list of liars. It's almost synonymous with people in politics. But never before has there been anyone as egregious as George Santos. From beginning to end, we begin to wonder if there's anything true about George Santos. Now, the Brazilian government is issuing a subpoena for him to be brought back when he was kiting checks and he fled uh, Brazil where he lived uh, for a brief bit of time with his mother, who is from Brazil. They want him extradited back uh, to Brazil to face the charges because he never did come back to court once he had promised that he would return and he would make amends for the people that he ripped off. Then uh, we see his story is about his humble beginnings, or at least that's what he says, growing up in a basement apartment in Jackson Heights, Queens. And then all of a sudden, uh, the devotion that he had to his mother, that every every child has to their mother, except in this case, he completely made up the background of his mother, saying that she had worked her way up to become the first female executive at a major financial institution. And yet, when she passed away in 2016, a Brazilian community newspaper at the time described her as a cook who could not even speak English Uh, George Santos would always tell crowds that she was in the South Tower of the World Trade Center during the September 11th attack and that she died a few years later uh, from inhaling the toxic fumes and having all kinds of respiratory and cancer ailments. Said he went to Horace Mann uh, High School, which is up where the border of Riverdale meets Westchester. They have no record of it. He says he went to uh, Baruch. They have no record of it. NYU, they have no record of it. The guy's completely fraudulent. And when it comes to his mother, how could you do this? His mother had passed. He goes to St. Rita's Parish in Long Island City because he's a Catholic. Uh, and he says to the padre, the Monsignor in charge, he goes, we're down on our luck. We have no money to pay for the wake and the funeral expenses. Padre, can you help us? And the padre said, of course, we'll pass the hat uh, at uh, our um At our uh, gathering on Sunday, we'll pass the hat in honor of assisting you, George, uh, in the wake and the burial for your mother because you can't afford it. Oh, my God. And then I needn't have to go on and on about Jewishness. (laughs) Now he says he's a Jew hyphen-ish. You got to get rid of him. Got to get rid of him. Hey, look, let's clear the way. What can be a heavyweight paddle for the third congressional district? Yesterday, I was the first broadcaster, first person, I think, to advocate that Congressman Lee Zeldin, uh, who is no longer in Congress, with the new Congress uh, soon to be sworn in when there's a speaker, uh, that uh, he consider running for the third congressional district. Because I'm telling you, once the special election is called, once uh, George Santos either resigns or is removed. Uh, And then the governor calls for a special election. There is no Republican who can remove the stain that George Santos has left uh, in perpetuity on any Republican who would run for that district, the former district of Tom Swazi. So I'm suggesting that Lee Zeldin could do that because he could go to the voters of the third congressional district and say, you know, doggone well, George Santos didn't win this seat. He won because I won overwhelmingly in a Democratic district against Kathy Crimewave Wave Holcomb, which is true. Uh, George Santos and some of the other new congressmen rode the uh, rode the uh, tails of uh, Congressman Zeldin right into uh, congressional office. It was because of that. And then, you know, waiting in the wings, making no comments now, although I think he just emerged out of his lair is Tom Swasey, who I don't think has ever had a job in the private sector. Uh, now, this is the congressional district. He left. He decided to take a shot at Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb in the primary. He got beaten uh, overwhelmingly, along with um, Jumaane Williams, the public advocate of New York City. Holcomb uh, beat both of them convincingly. And Tom Swasey was trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do. This is a guy who's been in... Uh, in elective office. He doesn't know what to do with the private sector. But once there's a special election called, and remember, it will be sooner as opposed to later, I'd love to see a real heavyweight battle. Ideologically, in terms of the differences that these men have had, they both served in Congress. You have Congressman Lee Zeldin coming uh, out of his surprisingly good showing in the gubernatorial election, and the return perpetually, he's like a vampire. He's always coming back. Tom Swashi Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. classic movie, right? Lou, I know you watch it over and over. A movie about rats, Ben. And who sang the theme song, The Pedophile on a Pedestal, Michael Jackson. The only time I'll play Michael Jackson here on this show, because I I can't think of anything more synonymous in a rat movie than this uh, theme song about the love of Ben, the rat. And clearly, the whole idea is do not have fear, fright, hysteria against the growing rat population, which is everywhere in the five boroughs of the city of New York. And it's a worldwide problem, as uh, I'll soon explain. But today at 2.30, I will be outside of the, the building that Eric Adams, the mayor of the city of New York, owns, although it's clear he's an absentee landlord, he's Almost never there. Uh, in the primary, a uh, question whether he even lived, lived there. And he showed up one day and he ran the press through there. And it was obvious that that was the basement apartment of his son. Every All the artifacts in there for were of a young adult and not a 61-year-old man. But put that aside, he is the mayor. And he's still an enigma in terms of where he rests his head at night. But that's not what we're discussing. We're discussing the fact that this mayor is frustrated Uh, Out of the many things that are happening in the city of New York, no matter who the mayor is, it's going to be frustrating. If I was lucky enough to become mayor, I I would have been frustrated every day. But the one thing that is a constant glaring problem that he cannot overcome, he cannot win, is his battle against rats. He has been obsessed with dealing with rats, not only as an absentee owner of his property in Brooklyn, But also as borough president uh, in Brooklyn, where he held rat seminars and once actually invited in the press corps and uh, in almost a clockwork orange way, was drowning rats, thinking that that would be a solution. Well, turned out not to be uh, out of the many things that he has suggested all along the way. And now as mayor, we put together, Lou, a panoply of his different reactions to the rat problem in which he has already waved the white flag to these four-legged rats and gone no mas, no mas, although he promises that one day he will be victorious. I can only tell you, as someone who has grown up with two-legged rats in Canarsie at the age of five and four-legged rats, and I'm, I'm not afraid of any rats, it's not the route to victory. Let's, uh, let's listen to Eric Adams, especially ever since he was elected mayor a year ago talk about his problem with rats I- I hate rats. 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 I hate rats. I hate rats. I hate rats. I hate rats. Let me tell you how scared I am of rats. The rats may be listening. I'm terrified of rats. All of you are scared of rats, too. I had a real rat infestation. Rats are everywhere. We were feeding rats. Those rats use it as perfume. Trust me, you got rats. We were creating an environment where rats felt comfortable. See one scurrying down the block. We want to get rid of rats. We're going to kill rats. Kill some rats. I'm killing rats. Called me a murderer because I was killing rats. Kill rats and you see a rat and say, okay, you guys fail. The guy blackmailed me. He said, I know you're scared of rats. Rats do not run the city. Rats don't run our city. You can be the rats are fighting crime, fighting inequality, and fighting rats. Fighting rats. If you're not scared of rats, you are you are really you're my hero. Well, I guess I'm his hero. I'm not afraid of rats. But he would never acknowledge that. Uh, Mastonian Phil, you uh, reside in Bushwick, and you would acknowledge that rats rule the night, right? There's no, no doubt. From 10 o'clock at night to 4 o'clock in the morning, the rats rule. They run the streets, they're in the parks, the subways, and even during daylight hours, they're brazen and so bold. And we remember the infamous pizza rat as he grabbed a slice of pizza in the subway and he grabbed it upstairs. They rule. They rule the city of New York, and they have the mayor befuddled. So in the spirit of bipartisanship, uh, in fact, I think uh, President Joe Biden will be in West Virginia today for the second time talking about the need of bipartisanship. We need it here in the city also. I am extending my expertise and my wife's expertise, Nancy, in how to curb the rat problem. You'll never beat them. You can never, you can never be victorious. Uh, you can have the detente. And you just sort of got to level the playing field. The mayor, both his borough president and the mayor, has tried everything. He's tried drowning rats. That didn't do the trick. He's tried putting dry ice in their burrows at the uh, Albany Projects in Crown Heights. That did not work. He has tried enhanced pesticides. That has not worked. They've just become immune to it. The way human beings become immune to pharmaceutical products, and then you have to intensify the product. Uh, They have tried to flood out rats in their lairs and burrows. That has not worked. They have tried the glue traps, and it's a horrible way to die. And I will tell you that rats, once they see uh, one of their colony members in a glue trap, they don't go near the glue trap. That's why you see a glue trap. You won't see four or five stuck in the glue trap. A horrible death. And then, of course, there's the snap trap, which is the equivalent of a guillotine. Horrible death. In fact, some rats, um, uh, I've actually spotted one in my teenage years who was stuck in the trap and then just ate his tail off in order to escape the trap. They know how to survive. None of that works. And if anything, with the uh, lockdown and pandemic of uh, March of 2020, where exterminators were not going out, they weren't going into buildings, they weren't going into public places, they weren't going into the subways, The rat population grew exponentially. Just to give you an example, a female rat will have maybe six or seven litters a year, sometimes more, in which uh, they'll have um, anywhere from eight to 11 baby rats. Now, so one rat within a year's time can create about 100 other rats. The answer has always been Mother Nature's way of balancing this, and that is cats, Both indoor cats, the domestic cats, or what would be called in commercial uh, property, restaurants, uh, and uh, grocery stores and supermarkets, the bodega cat. And then outdoor cats. These are the feral cats. Feral cats cannot survive indoors. They will not live indoors. They will do everything they can to go back outdoors. This is where they are going to live the rest of their lives. Now, we can utilize them. All you have to do, and there are already thousands of people throughout the five boroughs, mostly women 55 plus, but there are men who do it, and you will find Asians, blacks, Hispanics, whites, uh, every group will have people within its midst who who raise these feral cats. All you got to do is feed them, water them, and they will come and they will stay in that area. And when there's inclement weather, if you can make a little, uh, what you call a little cat house out of a plastic tub, you just cut a little uh, hole in the front so they can enter and exit, throw a little uh, hay in there or a little straw so that they're a little comfortable, and they will survive what we just saw, weather's when it plunges below zero. And when they're outside, it's like Batman and Robin on the block. It's like they're on patrol. All you need is just two cats, and that's what we're bringing today because we want to help Eric Adams with a problem that troubles him more than any in the city, both as a uh, absentee landlord at his building in Brooklyn and in trying to curb the rat problem throughout the city and to show him uh, the benefit of feral cats that Nancy has taken care of in Sunset Park for years and also the domestic cats that we have living with us in our very small apartment, smaller than that basement apartment that he claimed to live in on Lafayette Avenue. And it can be done, and it has been done. And the mayor has seen, and I refer to all of you, a great documentary, an award-winning documentary that was done about men and women in Brooklyn from all different backgrounds who run feral cat colonies. It was done in 2018. It's a documentary. I suggest you watch it. It's called The Cat Rescuers. You go to catrescuers.com. Film.com. That's Cat Rescuers Film, all one word, dot .com. And they actually had a meeting at Borough Hall when Eric Adams was the Borough President. And he's actually in the last part of the film. You'll see it. He, he's in the cameo. He says, oh, I understand uh, all of you are doing great work. This is something for us to consider. And yet he's tried everything but has never promoted the use of feral cats or even the bodega cats, the domestic cats. So we're bifurcated. So today I and Nancy will go outside of his home and we will bring with us two cats. We call them Batman and Robert because we like to team the cats together, whether they're indoor cats or they're feral cats. Uh, You have Tiny, who is a black cat with a little white in it. And then you have Thor. And if you had the two cats who lived outdoors in the little plastic tubs when it's inclement weather, if somebody on the block would have put out f- food and water each and every day, they would keep the rats away. It has worked everywhere. Right now, New York City is considered the second largest rat capital in America. It is. The first largest is Chicago. And Chicago itself knocked itself out. They've tried all kinds of remedies, none of which worked. They are now in the midst of of actually going to shelters throughout America. And they're getting cats that would normally be euthanized. And they're putting the cats out in cat colonies, and they're having adults supervise them. And they're starting to have luck, finally. Then there's the Tory Argentina Cat Sanctuary in Rome, well-renowned, home of many colonies of feral and stray cats that were drawn to the site After the 1929 excavation of the Temple Ruins, Rome is considered the dirtiest city in the world in terms of garbage and flotsam and jetsam. Number two is New York City. Well, it behooves us to do what the volunteers have done in Rome, where they shelter, they sterilize the cats, and they're able to control the feral population in the area, and they're able to control the rats that obviously have been there since Roman times. Then there have been whole documentaries about Istanbul. It hosts a sizable feral cat population with estimates ranging from 100,000 to over a million stray cats. And you see, many of the Turkish citizens view the cats as communally owned pets rather than traditional strays. And the country has a blanket, no kill, no capture policy. And it has helped keep the rat and mice population at bay. And then finally, uh, when you go to Japan, you will see all kinds of cat islands. These are islands off the coast of Japan, which are primarily uh, populated by cats. There are people there, but the cats outnumber the people. And this feline population lives in harmony with the citizens, and they've kept the rat and the mouse population at bay. So this is what I'll be offering to the mayor, who's now the very dear friend of our own Sid Rosenberg, is that look at no pay, I will be the PM Ratzar. You will you will need an AM Ratzar to deal with the bureaucracy. You're not going to want me around City Hall and dealing with your appointees. Uh, so I will be your PM Ratzar at no expense. I roam the streets and the subways at night anyway. Everybody knows I'm nocturnal, and I will be out there from 10 at night to 4 in the morning when the rats are out there and when the cats, which are also nocturnal, the feral cats are out there with my wife Nancy in our guardian angel animal uh, protection vehicle. And with the volunteers, we will extend help to the city at this time of need. But you got to do something, uh, Eric Adams. You have to do something because you have already acknowledged, as we heard, Throughout that stream that you're scared of cats, like most New Yorkers are, you're intimidated by cats. You've said on record that when you see a rat, oftentimes it bothers you all day long. And that is true of so many residents of New York City and our visitors and tourists. But I will tell you, I've grown up with four-legged rats. I've never been intimidated by the four-legged rats. I've been the biggest two-legged rat probably in the city, ratting out criminals galore and members of organized crime. So let me tell you something. I'd be more than happy to use my expertise and my wife's expertise with tens of thousands of volunteers who get no attention and no recognition. All they need is a little help in managing their feral cat colonies And we will help you get this problem under control because so far it's all talk. So typical of Eric Adams. All talk, no action. We're still waiting for the rat czar. I volunteer. I'll be your PM rat czar. Now it's time, Eric Adams, to find an AM rat czar, which there are many. One last note. Maybe you ought to sit down with Senator Chuck Schumer. And a lot of people say, why? Well, you need money for this? No, no. When I grew up in Brooklyn, Senator Schumer grew up in Brooklyn. He went to Madison High School. Uh, his father was a well-known, uh, well-revered exterminator who had a shop over on Avenue R, not far from Madison High School. I'm sure he conveyed to his son uh, the various tricks of the trade in their conversations, father and son conversations. Look, my father Chester was a merchant seaman for 54 years. I had no desire to sell In any capacity, but he conveyed to me in his uh, many trips home what it was like to be a merchant seaman, all the perils, all the successes. I I learned quite a bit from my father, and I'm sure Chuck Schumer learned quite a bit from his father, who recently passed the hereafter. Maybe if you don't want to deal with me, Eric Adams, just talk to Chuck Schumer. You always want money from Chuck, uh, from the federal government. Maybe he'll share with you some experiences that he remember his dad had in successfully keating, keeping the rat population at bay. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average, based on twenty percent below average MSRP from all twenty twenty three Grand Cherokee Overland four xe e and Summit four by e models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by four one. Jeep is a registered trademark. Spectacular! Now here's the Sid wrap up. Boy. Every Every The love fest that Eric Adams, Swagger Man with No Plan, has with Sid Rosenberg. Uh, The peacock here at WABC, host of our morning show. Uh, Lou, I noticed uh, they're like, uh, they're having a love affair. I said to Sid before he departed today, I said, Sid, you want to come out with us to the building that Eric Adams has where he's an absentee landlord?" He said, no, no, I'm going with the mayor tonight. We're feeding the homeless. It's interesting because um, he wouldn't even let uh, Deborah Valentine get through her uh, news report, Lou. He had to cut her off early this morning and uh, sort of puff up his chest and talk about how he's going to be with the mayor tonight. So now, yes, Lewa, our co-host, and he and his wife, as we know, they rescue cats from uh, animal shelters before they're euthanized and and manage feral cat colonies. Uh, They're going to go to Brooklyn and uh, offer... Right in front of Adams' building today, January 4th at 2.30 this afternoon, (laughs) offer to organize a feral cat colony for Adams' building and his neighbors on that block. He won't be there because he'll be with me, actually, uh, later today, the mayor. All right. Well, you're going to have to ask him about this. So the uh, Sleewa's event is going to be live-streamed, so uh, it should be interesting. I'm sure Curtis will have plenty to say about it later today. Of course. Of course. Deborah Valentine understands. Women understand more than men. He is macho, maniacal... uh, uh, Sid Rosenberg, who, if you ask him, just like the mayor, you know they preen, they're like peacocks, they have customized suits. Uh, Sid Rosenberg from Joseph Laboud, they're not off the rack, and Eric Adams five thousand dollar customized suits. Uh, yet, if you put a rat down with them, they'd be running away. They'd be scared, intimidated, like most, like most people. But the moment I mention, I notice Macedonian Phil, I said to a. I said, I said, why don't you come out? Well, it's just 2.30 this afternoon. You're not going with the mayor until tonight. No, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. Because like most New Yorkers, most people in general, they're frightened of rats. They're intimidated by rats. But let me tell you something. I've known these four-legged rats since I was five years old in Canarsie. They're way more afraid of you than you are of them. And I will tell you this. They are extraordinarily smart. They have survived through the ages. If you're going to beat a rat, if you're going to neuter them, if you're going to level the playing field, got to be able to think like a four-legged rat like me. It was probably the most infamous two-legged rat in all of Brooklyn history, ratting out uh, members of organized crime, as I have. And then I noticed that he had with him a previous co-host, of which I've had many in my 35 years of uh, history here in talk radio, Ebony uh, Ebony Williams was on, and uh, she was asking her what it was like to be partnered up with me right here at WABC before the lockdown and pandemic. Now, on the way out, uh, do you miss Curtis Slewa <laughs> Listen, I, I <laughs> this is this is, very word. Uh, this is a very particular word. I will tell you this: I was happy to see that Curtis married uh, the young lady that he was dating at the time we hosted the show, so I'll talk to him, um, and, and I'm glad to see his health is doing well. What does she mean by that, uh, Macedonian Phil? It seems like she kissed me and slapped me at the same time. Now, as you know, she's in one of the many housewives, I forget, housewives of Macedonia, who knows? There's so many of them on the Bravo channel. But I will tell you this. Uh, We went to one of her book signings, and she had a stalker from Ohio, a man who had really just tossed her life from topsy-turvy. And it was at the um, Barnes & Nobles up on 86th Street, and it was Nancy who took a walk outside and saw this guy in the pickup truck with the Ohio plates and saw him walk in. And then we were finally able to get him arrested. And boy, that was so much relief to Ebony Williams. She needed that because this guy was a threat to her life. So I don't know how to take that, Ebony Williams. I'll take it as a kiss, not a slap. But I'm off to give my feral cats to Eric Adams, the absentee landlord with an ongoing rat problem in Brooklyn.